<laughs> Hello, everyone. This is uh, Rolo, the Puerto Rican Pistolero, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, beautiful wife and co-host, Johanna Latina Locked and Loaded, and we are joined today by uh, the legendary Sonny Johnson, uh, uh, host of uh, Did She Say That? Well, or, Sonny's Corner. Sonny's Corner. Okay. There you go, on Sirius XM. And when, uh, when can people catch that show? Every single Saturday, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show uh, with us, Sonny. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, it's our pleasure. Uh, let's just get, let's get a little bit of background, first of all. How, how did you get involved with Maj, the Solutionary Summit, and things like that? Where's your background with, with him and, and, uh, and that relationship? Um, no, I, um, one of the things I learned from Andrew Breitbart is the idea of more voices. And any light that you are given, you take that light and you shine it on other people because that's how you get more voices. So I was, um, I, I was a beneficiary of that coming from Andrew, where Andrew used a lot of his, you know, pull and sway and popularity to get my name pushed out. And so that was always one of the things that I wanted to carry from Andrew was um, that if, if, if my light grew, then I would make sure I highlighted and spotted as many people as I can, like-minded people, serious people, you know, people who are not stuck on talking points and, and, and um, stereotypes, but are actually looking to be solutionary. And um, I ran across Maj, and this is when he was doing a lot of his gun training before he even um, ran for office in Philadelphia. And you could see his heart. You could see no fear, you know what I'm saying? And you can see his authenticity. So when those things, and not even that, but you can see his brilliance. Like, he is brilliant. So um, it, when you see that kind of combination of things, then you know that someone, even though they have their own spotlight, you put a spotlight on. So that's how our kind of things start to just meld together. So we're both very, very, you know, individualistic. We're very, 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 you know, in our own lanes. But um, where we cross over is that liberty should be coming first and foremost. And without liberty, all the other shit that we're talking... I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, of course. Okay, so um, all the other shit that we're talking about becomes um, becomes a mute point. You know what I'm saying? If we don't have liberty. And so that is the point where me and Maj will meet. And from there, we can differ on little things, but it'll always come back to that liberty question. And, and that's why I think me and his kinship is so strong. Awesome. How did you first get into commentary and, and I, I, a little bit of your background going back to Andrew? How'd you get into commentary and how did you meet Andrew and get involved with uh, Sirius and all that? I, um, well, I, I started a blog. Uh, when my daughter, I was a stay-at-home mom and I realized that um, homeschooling wasn't going to be a thing because me and my daughter like oil and water. So have to realize that just because it sounds good doesn't mean it always works um so i was like i can't do this because we're gonna kill each other so i had to send her to school and of course i said i'll supplement her education for what she misses but um when she was gone i'm like okay so what i'm gonna do with myself you know so i wanted to do something for my community it didn't involve politics at all it was how can we take the black community and, and make it grow. And so at that time, this was like during the, uh, the George Bush tax cuts. And black wealth was 
exploding. Like everybody had their own brand. Everybody was opening their own restaurant. Everybody, you know, they were learning the importance of diversif di diversifying your economics and not just putting everything into like the cultural bubble, but making sure you expand yourself out. So as I was watching that, I was like, that's the solution. Like we're figuring out that we can take our pooled money build brands, use it to um, actually create structures, and then with those structures, we can become the investment class. So that was my um, opening of how I wanted to do everything. And again, it wasn't about politics. It wasn't Democrat or Republican. Like, I didn't even know what a progressive was. So I couldn't, have, I couldn't have defined that for you at that time. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't tell you what the difference between a Democrat and Republican was. Not an honest difference, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so then I, so I started a blog, and I was writing a blog, and the Republicans were the ones who found me. And so they were reposting my stuff, and I got pissed because I was like, I'm not a fucking Republican. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and, and so I, like, I, was, I was legitimately, like, writing their sites, like, take my shit down, like, because I'm so mad. And then they just kept doing it, and I was just like... And then the Democrats came, and they were like, oh, you're a coon, and you're Uncle Tom, and you're this... And I was like, hold the fuck, like, let me, hold up, okay. <laughs> like, see, you got me real wrong right here. And so, like, my combative nature came out in that, and I'm like, nah. So if this is what you want to do, let me go learn. Because it's something you got fucked up here. So I need to figure out what you got off key that got you thinking you can talk to me like this. And that's what kind of put me on my path to, um, to learning and to really taking the time to understand the political side of it because I was I was well attached to the cultural side mm -hmm. but I did not understand the intellectual side so I took uh, about two years of just studying the elect uh, the um, intellectual side and this was really good because this was the tea party time mm -hmm. and um, one of the things I loved about the tea party was that they were very principled okay and, and in terms of if they tell you they believe in the Constitution, they want to talk to you about the Constitution because they want to know how much of the Constitution you actually no. yep. know. And so I had to admit, like, no, I don't know much. And I met some really good patriots that were like, let me explain. And they took the time to actually sit me down and, and walk me through the Declaration of Independence, told me what certain things mean that I didn't maybe didn't catch on in the first time. They took me through, uh, through the um, Constitution. They took me through the Federalist Papers. So it, it gave me the kind of um, solid background that I could go into any conservative circle and be like, got you. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was that bulk of red meat that I got kind of from the Tea Party days. And then when that disappeared, you realize that Republicans don't actually function like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you have some really good people that really believe in the Constitution. They really believe in what the Declaration of Independence set forth. They really honestly believe these things. Those people are not the Republicans that you vote for. Correct. And you need to understand the difference between that. And I don't think many people do. Hold on a second. I just want to say that, that your story reverberates so much with me because I was, even though like my family um, come from New York, 
um, very, very super Hispanic, like super Hispanic um, background, like my family style, like my culture. So it's like you lean a certain way just because you're supposed to culturally. But I was not a political person. So like as you grow up, you start learning more. Like mine was also economics. Like you start understanding things. And it's like, wait, hold up. Let me think about this. But I was also a very super not educated person on this. And through, you know, my evolution, um, it's, it's complicated, but it's, you know, freedom, Second Amendment, all that stuff. I've slowly become more of a political person. And I'm very, very vocal about my education process, my learning process with all this stuff. So it's like that reverberates so much. Like Sonny Johnson, you know, like sometimes I feel um, like I put myself down so I feel like I'll, like I'll make fun of myself. Like he's clearly like the more political person. He like quotes all this great stuff. I'm like, I'm still in the learning process. So like if Sonny Johnson came from a similar background where she had to learn all this stuff, like there's hope for me. <laughs> no, most definitely. And you're never going to know everything. And, and we have to, once we accept that about ourselves, then we can hold the politicians accountable for the same thing. But if you're beating yourself up because you don't know everything, then you have this kind of thought in the back of your mind that those people do. They fucking don't. Like, they, they are not smarter than you. They are not savvy as you. They are not... Uh, as connected to the everyday, you know, American experience as you are. And we don't value our real life experience the way that we should. And that allows them to continue to walk around in some kind of elitist mind frame that they are not worthy to carry. Because if you legitimately got them on in front of you and, and you started having a discussion, you would quickly see how weak their arguments are, how programmed they are, how indoctrinated they are to a, a set script already, and how um, how their motivations are completely in line with being an opposition force to Democrats as opposed to a positive force for conservatism or for what we want to see in, in kind of a liberty mindset. So they're not championing our values. They're not championing our principles. They're not telling our story, delivering our message. All they're doing is being an op opposition force against Democrats and run around talking about claiming scalps and all of this. And, and oh, it, it, well, they did it to us, so we have to do it to them. And I'm like, if... If you want to be a progressive, be a damn progressive. Mm -hmm. But don't change and modify your behavior thinking somehow you're going to be better at being a progressive than the progressives are. Yeah. You're not. What you need to do is figure out a way to be an honest, authentic conservative and then sell that. That is going to get you a lot further than trying to play in the mud with the pigs and thinking that you're going to somehow come out clean. Yep. That's absolutely true. Uh, what was it that I heard once? It's like Republicans hold seats and Democrats hold power. Is, yeah, is all the time. Works, yeah. But because Democrats plan. Yep. Republicans don't plan because you can't plan when you're reactionary. Yep. Like you can't set a, 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 an agenda when you're reactionary because you have to wait to, for them to tell you what, you know? So you can't move forward on setting a solid foundation for what you want to accomplish. You have to wait for them to bring it up, and then you can kind of sneak in a conversation. So you can look at this where, uh, like with immigration with the wall. Okay, you have Republicans in power. Um, 
They had the House, they have the Senate, they have the White House. Still couldn't build a damn wall. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Do we even talk about the wall anymore? No. No. Because they switch the subject, they control the the dialogue, and we allow it to happen. Mm -hmm. And we have to change that. That is going to be an us thing. Absolutely. we have never in America fa- failed to raise a generation that has stood up and actually fought the battle that was necessary of that age. We are in an age now where our generation has to step up and we have to be the people that save America. And we are looking at politicians, we're looking at Donald Trump, we're looking like anywhere we can look outside of ourselves, that's where we're looking. And what I'm trying to tell everybody is, it's not outside of you. It's going to be you. And you're going to be looking at me like, well, Sunny is smart and she's this and she's that. She can fight for us. I'm not fucking fighting for you. Either you're going to get up and you're going to fight with me or I'm going to be fighting you. That's how this is going to work. I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to fight on your behalf because this has to be the generation, not the individual, not the single person. This has to be the generation Mm -hmm. that does it, and that requires all of us. Absolutely. I I really, that that resonates with me too because I call it like, the white knight complex, it seems like that's what everybody wants. They want the hero to come and save the day. And it's almost like the narrative from the media has basically almost indoctrinated us to believe like you have to wait for somebody to come and save you. You can't do things yourself. So you have to look for that. And then Republicans will tell us, like, that's what we're saying. Like, so well, you want us to come and say, look, at like, you can't save your fucking self. Why yeah. do I want you to save me? Like, that's not what we're doing here. But what I am telling you is you can't save yourself yeah. because you don't have the numbers. I have more numbers. So I can add my numbers to your numbers. Then you can have the numbers to do what is necessary. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that... Your numbers also have to come to my community. You can't invite me to your house, but then be like, yeah, I'm not coming to you. You know, that's not how it's going to work. And I am not going to lie to black people and say that that option is open when I know that it's not. I'm not going to put my reputation on the line when I know that it's not. And um, until conservatism equally applied is the actual principle of definement within a Republican Party, then I'm going to keep my boot on the neck of the Republican Party. Because you have to let this old dinosaur Mm -hmm. of an ideology that you're holding on to, you have to let it go. And you have to let it refresh itself. And it does not take away anything from the idea of the individual or take away anything from the idea of the republic or from the constitution like we are not talking about like I hate big government so it's like none of my solutions involve government coming in and doing the damn thing it actually involves getting government out so can we remove regulation can we remove taxation can we remove the the hurdles and the roadblocks so that we can actually get to a growth agenda because I trust black people Mm -hmm. so if you get government out of our way, I'm going to trust my community to rebuild itself. I'm going to trust them to rebuild the schools. I'm going to I'm going to trust my community to do the right thing. But when you're looking at a hundred years of a government boot on my community's neck, we don't 
have never had that space mm -hmm. to actually do it. So what you're looking at now in our communities is not a manifestation of conservatism showing itself. It's a manifestation of progressivism showing itself. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do is to be like, okay, you got this. This is what it is. This is how it got that way. Here is what we can do different that's going to lead us towards entrepreneurship, towards equity. And equity is not a dirty word, you know, because the left uses it. Mm -hmm. You kind of turn it into kind of this dirty word. It, it, it means that you want to take from something. No, it doesn't. It means that when you have ownership, when you actually have um, uh, equity in your community, then you have power. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're paying most of your property taxes, if you're like if you're doing the things that are necessary for government to function at a local level, then you have equity. And every community has it. No one would bat an eye at the equity that's held in Jewish communities. No one would bat an eye at the equity that's held in health, football communities. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to put it on an idea, on a, on a race or anything. You can use a metric as simple as college football teams. And their entire economy in that local area is built off the fact that you say roll tide when you walk into the building. Mm -hmm. That's their entire economy is built off of that. Yep. So it's not just stuck into race or it's just not stuck into nationality or religion or anything like that and that's the beauty of america because you can have these little melting pots that are eclectic with uh with different types of people but there's one thing that all lynches them together whether it be farming or whether it be coal or whether it be um you know whatever it is that to that specific area broadway you know florida here travel industry mm -hmm. depending on where you are is going to be something that threads those people together that keeps that community tight and sometimes that is race not all the time mm -hmm. but just like we're not going to be mad at farmers looking out for a farm agenda we can't be mad at black people looking out for a black agenda mm -hmm. so if you're running in a district of 60 percent black people and you're saying i don't have a black agenda what are you saying <laughs> what like what are you saying yep you don't have an agenda for your constituency. That's what you're saying. Yep. And when they call you on that, it doesn't mean um, they're playing race baiting games. Or No, they're just legitimately telling you, this is a community of 60% black people. You should have a black agenda. You would never go to a community of 60% farmers and say, I am not going to have a farming agenda. You would never do it. No, it's foolish. It's, mm -hmm. it's full of it. You would never do it. You're never going to go to coal country in West Virginia and say, well, Hillary did, so I guess <laughs> they would do it. But, but you get what I'm yep. saying. Yep. What happened when Hillary does it? Oh, but you're going to put all them out of business. You're going to, like, there is actual pushback because you cannot ignore the constituency of an area. That does not change because we actually have melanin in our skin. It does not change anything about that. And it doesn't have to be looked at as... Uh, a reason to separate or um, to go back to Jim Crow or any of this other crap. No, because I'm for voluntary association. Mm -hmm. So we can build in our community. Okay, hey, you want to do Heritage Day? You can do Heritage Day. We can do it. Let's do it together. Like, it does not have to be confrontational. It doesn't have to be us being at each other's throat. We can choose voluntary association. So yes, I want to see your culture. I want to learn about your culture. I want to dance to your music. I want to have a good time. And then you know what? We can go right across the street and I can show you mine. Mm -hmm. And 
we're both going to be better for that afterwards. And again, it doesn't have to be um, just based on race. If you're going to do tailgating in Alabama versus Clemson or whatever, you still got the two things. You're coming together, two different schools. You still, it's that camaraderie and it's that fellowship that is going to save this country. And we have to desire that more than the political football that keeps getting pulled every time we run up the kick. What do you think about the aversion that conservatives or Republicans seem to have with, I call it, they're afraid to talk about history in the sense of anything negative about American history, they see it as like, if we even acknowledge that, the Democrats will use it to basically invalidate our principles. I, I don't think that that's what it is. I think that... It's a hard, anybody has a hard time admitting they were indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it of is course. hard. And I think that that is where a lot of Republicans and conservatives are, are walking into. Um, when you spend your entire lifetime thinking, okay, black people are indoctrinated. Black people are this, or black people are that. And then I come along, and I'm like, no, you're indoctrinated. Like, do you know even know what a lily white Republican is? Oh, you're racist. No, that's an actual okay. political term. So, you know, and when you start telling them that, and they're like, wait, I never knew that. Yes, because you are indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. um, and, and their indoctrination is, is actually what is leading us to what, where we are now. Because the reason you have the 1619 Project is because of lost cause. Mm -hmm. So you took Lost Cause history, you feathered it up, you made it look pretty so it can send a tingle up a certain segment of the population's leg. But in doing that, you bastardized history. You erased it. You negated it. And so now that history is starting to show itself. Mm -hmm. And it runs into contradiction with what you were given. Now that's where the issue comes in. Gotcha. So it, it, it's not even so much that they have a problem with American history is they have a problem realizing that they've been lied to and, and realizing that um, the nuance that they thought was so plain is it, it, not even scratching the surface of what actually happened. So when we're going through and we're talking about redlining and you don't know what the hell that means, mm -hmm. like I can't take you seriously yep. at that point and you can't expect me to take you seriously. So if I start laughing at you because you don't know what I'm talking about and your feelings are hurt, mm -hmm. I don't care. You should go and actually study these things, learn these things. If you're not going to do that, then you are deserving of ridicule yep. and I'm going to ridicule you harshly. And I think when you start to do that, then they want to prove you wrong. Yep. And then they go to read. And I'm like, okay, go. Have fun. Do it. Because I don't have to convince you. You can let your, you know, you can learn history and actually let it teach you itself. Because history is full of important lessons. And you realize that if you had learned history the right way, you could have stopped government. But because you allow government to write history that gave you a tingle, government kept going without ever being held accountable because you didn't even know to hold them accountable. So that's where you are now. So when we were trying to say, 
look what they're doing to our leaders. Look what, like, we're, we're raising up people that want to move us in a more positive way. Those people are coming under FBI investigation. Yep. Like, it, that, that should be, no, the FBI is without a reproach. It's all good. But now that the FBI is hunting down people in MAGA hats, now all of a sudden you can understand the overburdensome nature of the FBI. So, like, this isn't new. This has been happening for decades. You've had a blind eye to it. Now it's being shown clearly you don't like it because it's affecting you. But until the day you can admit it was actually happening to you guys the whole time you were telling us and we didn't listen, that's the first Republican or conservative that comes out and says that is going to win the largest portion of the black vote than anybody in the last 60, 70 years. That, that makes total sense. Yeah, I, I never thought of it that way. Because one of the frustrations that we run into, I'll just be perfectly honest, we got into Second Amendment advocacy about two years ago. And our mentors ended up being basically Kevin Dixie, Tony Simon, Maj uh, to an extent, and uh, Argo J. So basically the black gun community is kind of who took us under our wing. And we didn't really see kind of a, a Hispanic like uh, people in, in our community kind of doing what they were doing. So they took us under their wing. They let us know, you know, this is what you can do. Um, and, you know, you can spread the word from here. I, I lost my tangent there. Joe's I looking at me like, like, where are you going? <laughs> I totally sorry. forgot. I had the point. Um, yeah, I totally forgot well, that. I, I will add, this is yeah. like another one of the things that, like, I, I, that infuriates me about Republicans. So when we're like, you start talking about the Hispanic community and then they, they phrase it and they pit us against each other. Yes. So yeah. it's like it, the Hispanics are going to take from the black people. And, and I'm like, yo, then, no, 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 no. Okay. So we, we're not going to even do this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're not, we're, we're not going to do this. I'm going to reach out to every Hispanic that wants to have a, uh, have a second amendment that, that values free speech, that, that understands the, uh, keeping equity in our communities. Mm -hmm. Understand like if you, if that's what you are, then let's voluntarily associate and do some shit. We need numbers, your numbers, my numbers, their numbers together. We have numbers. Mm -hmm. That's what matters. And this whole idea that you have to pit us against each other and make us fight. I'm like, they have learned nothing. They have learned nothing. And it's like, no matter how many times you get beat, no matter how many times you go through this exact same process, in the end, you learn nothing. And that is one of the most detrimental things about the Republican Party. They can actually see it in action and still learn nothing. Do you think that the Republican Party will eventually learn from these mistakes and grow, especially with voices like your own pointing out these mistakes? Or do you think, like we were talking about on our, one of our episodes, that our fear is that the Republican Party will just fracture upon itself and fall apart? It, it, I think the Republican Party is going to fracture. The Democratic Party is going to fracture. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 that, that's good for us because... Yeah. Let the pro Republican progressives go. Let yep. them go. Like, why do we want to keep to keep them? Why are we fighting so hard to to keep some just bastardized version of our ideology around us for what reason? Um, but until actually, okay, this is what I'll say. This is a white people decision. That's what it is, and. and we can want it, we can want it, all we, you know, we can want it, want it, want it, want it, want it. This is a white 
conservative decision. If they decide they are tired, then the Republican Party will change for the better. If they do not decide that they are tired, we're going to lose our country. And that's just the way it is. Because if you're going to look at the white progressives, uh, the black progressives, the Hispanic progressives, you like you put all of their numbers together, they have the numbers. You can never put all of our numbers together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can never get all of our numbers together because we're always being pitted against each other. So we... We can decide it, and we can use the republic to the best of our ability the way it is now, and we should. Local-level politics mm-hmm. getting involved in our communities. We should. But until the white conservatives decide that they are tired, you're, you're going to see a fractured Republican Party, but you're going to see also that fracture happen on the Democratic side of the aisle. As they push towards Marxism, you see more fracturing within black Democrats. Whereas they push towards more mandated vaccines, you see more fractures within black Democrats. Um, as they push for more gun control, you see more fractures within black Democrats. As they push for uh, school choice, you see more fractures in black Democrats. So both parties are going to fracture, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. The thing is, are the white conservatives going to grow their numbers, or are they going to continue to pit us against each other? That is going to be I was uh, back to my the point that I was going to try to make because you kind of uh, refreshed my memory. Some of the biggest pushback that I ever get is from conservatives. Mm -hmm. It's ironic. So you'll 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 throw history, especially, you know, we started really on Second Amendment. So you go throughout history of going through. This is what the government did in the past. This is what they allowed to happen. They're the root of all of this. They allowed this. They're the ones implemented gun control against blacks, Native Americans, then Chinese people. Uh, Latinos, all of that. And it makes the case for conservatism, for limited government. And to me, it's so logical. Once you learn history, it's like they basically given you the instruction book because you're proving everything that statism, every bad thing that statism brings, what a powerful government brings. But that's what they did. This is the trick. The trick is America did it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this that's what I'm is, saying. Yeah. The, yeah, no, this is a trick that they use. Mm-hmm. They say America did it. America did it. America did it. No, if you look at each one of the giant leaps, it was a Democrat that did it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't America that yep. did it. It was a specific ideology that yep. did it. It was a specific political party that did it. And this does not absolve Republicans because they sat by and watched it happen. Yeah, they allowed it so to, yeah. They, they watched it, they knew it was wrong, and they did and said nothing. So they're mm-hmm. just as culpable. But if you look at the people that actually pushed it, that actually introduced it, that actually championed it, that actually kept it in rotation for 100 plus years, then you stop saying American America did it. Progressives did it. Um, under conservatism, Black America built Black Wall Street. Yep. That's what we did under conservatism. What you see now is us under progressivism. Show me one Black community that has a conservative Republican leadership. They don't exist. You know what I'm saying? So it's not America. It is. A specific ideology and if they can't blame it on America then they blame it on white people and they say it's white supremacy um, and that's what gets conservatives mad that's yeah. why they get mad because now they're like you're blaming us for it. and I'm like 
the ignorance that you are displaying from that shows that you don't even understand the history because you would not be getting mad at it. You would be like, we didn't do that. Democrats did that. Now, maybe we sat by and did nothing when they did it, but we didn't do it. So can we apologize for not being there and then actually give you a solution that worked? Like, again, the very first Republican or conservative to say that is going to do astronomically well with black Americans. The Trump stuff, that that whole stick they did, that was a complete waste of time, effort, and energy. All you had to do was be like, we understand why you look at the Republican Party the way you do. Let's change it. And the one that says that is the one that's going to bring fundamental change. Did you, one of, one of my favorite clips of you is when you went to the White House, uh, you know, with that panel there. How did you feel going out of that? Well, what did you think going in? And then how did you feel going out? Do you think that people were receptive to it? Or was it just like Sonny's just ranting over here? Just was it talking? a waste of time? Yeah. No, going, no, it was not a waste of time. Going in, I have, I, I mentor quite a few um, youngins. And going in, the only thing I wanted was that my youngins look at it and see that I'm representing them, see that I'm fighting for them. If they, if they know in their heart what I am doing just by watching what I do, then I, I'm, I'm, I win. You know, I win. Like, does it matter if it's accepted? It doesn't matter if, if Trump pays attention or whatever. Like, none of that matters. As long as my youngins are like, yo, Sonny went to the White House and she did the damn thing. Now you're going to have the confidence that you can do it. You're going to go into circles you didn't think you can, you could go into, and you're going to give it to them the way you see me give it to them. And I hope, you know, while we're seeing it manifest itself here, I mean, come on. But... It, it, it becomes once you start to be an example that it can be done and you don't have to be afraid. Um, coming out of it, I was like, get me the hell out of here. Like, no, no joke. Coming out, everybody wants to talk to you and be like, oh, and I'm, just, I'm like, no, I don't want to talk. I don't want to shake your hand. I don't want to look at the screen. I don't want to watch myself. Like, I don't want to do any of that. I want to get the hell out of here. And y'all can call me if you have an actual solution. And the reason that I was like that was because um, after the cameras cut off, they talked about that was the week of Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. So Trump had scheduled to go to Tulsa on Juneteenth. And that was like a Friday. And I think we, we were there that Tuesday or that Wednesday, something like that. But it was like really, really close. And I was like, um, and they they had brought up, when the cameras were gone, they had brought up uh, the fact that they were going to Tulsa. And I was like, yo, I was like, dude, you cannot fuck this up. Like, you have to understand what you're, like, this is a, <laughs> like, you have to understand mm -hmm. the gravity of this. You cannot fuck this up. And when you see they didn't have a fucking clue as to why it was so important and why it mattered. And I, I was like, yeah, I, mean, I have to go. I have to go because you know this is going to end up, well, you're bad. This is going to end up. This is a shit up, show, yeah. This is going to yeah. end up as a shit show. So what ends up happening? They switched the date. So they didn't go on Juneteenth. They went the day after. And he never mentioned the massacre. 
He went to Tulsa. How can you not? And never mentioned the massacre. It's, he did not mention it once. And I was like, whatever this party gets, this party deserves. Well, it just shows the lack of respect for your constituency, too, because... Why like even his, go? Why? His black faces scared him it, out of saying, it, it was, out of talking about it. And I'm like, okay, so this is a black Wall Street that these people built from the ground up in the face of Jim Crow, in mm -hmm. the face of, uh, of real, legitimate government white supremacy. Like, none of the microaggressions that, that kind of get thrown up or tossed around now. This was like legitimately the real shit going down. And they were they built in the face of all of this. And you, the builder, the creator, the namer, the brander, you couldn't find a message in that. And what pissed me off more than anything is you took that message that you could have took to Tulsa and you took it to Kim Jong-il in North Korea. In North Korea. <laughs> yeah. You were like, we can rebuild North Korea. We can, your skyscraper, your city line could look like this. Why the hell couldn't you do that in Tulsa? Why the hell couldn't you do that in Chicago? Why couldn't you do that in St. Louis? What is what is it about our cities that don't deserve that same brand of attention, that same brand of dedication and detail? Why don't we deserve it? Even more so when you're running around talking about America first. They sold the idea of America, our, our idea, they sold it more to North Korea than they did to black America. Well, that's why I was, uh, we were just having this conversation about Afghanistan. It's like the years, the decades and the trillions of dollars spent on nation building when you could have built your own nation here and trying to export. a huge homeless population. Yeah. We and, have and you're exporting so American values when you don't even stand up for those well, values in America. Exactly. And then you expect people not to be like, well, this is all bullshit. Because obviously you don't believe it yourself, so why should I even... The only American you know? value we should have took to Afghanistan was winning. That, yeah. that was the only American value we should, have, we should have took there. And then we could have left them to figure out what it looks like after yep. we finished burning everything to the ground. And it sounds mean to say it, but either that's the way we operate or we don't go to war. But this idea that you can go to war, you can continuously take billions, trillions of dollars out of our economy where there is no return. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if you're just looking at the defense contractors and saying there is a return. No, yep. there's not a return for the wealth that has been transferred out of our country to other nations in under the guise of war. Yep. And we need to understand that. And I think, um, I think they pushed us a lot with the fear of the unknown, mm -hmm. but the internet has taken that away. And we know more about ISIS than we ever wanted to know. We know more about the caliphate than we ever wanted to know. We know more about Sharia and how it operates more than we ever wanted to know. So it's kind of hard to scare at this point because desensitization has kicked in, at least for me. Because mm -hmm. like it, it, we remember what it was like to wake up every morning and wonder what terror attack was going to be on the news today. And I think we're coming back into that period, but we're not going to be as fearful of it because we're coming back into that period. We've already been through it before. And I'm not like, oh, I'm looking forward to it, but 
it's not going to take me by shock. I'm not going to be surprised when it start ha- when it starts happening again. Um, but I do think we need to understand that it is coming, and we need to understand that if we don't start getting our numbers in order, they're going to pu- push more Patriot Act kind of legislation. They're going to um, do more fight support kind of backtracking. They're, they're going to they're going to do more to take away our freedoms than they did last time. And if we know it's coming and we aren't preparing ourselves for it, it's going to be sold to Republicans by Republicans. So it's not going to be Democrats coming in pushing mm-hmm. for a new version of the Patriot Act. It's going to be Republicans coming in. So you put us in a war. You said the solution for the war was nation building. You failed at it. Now that it's over, you failed. Now the solution is to put more laws on us because you failed. Yep. And that's the, that's the formula that they're operating with, and I think that that's what we're coming up with next. Yep, and absolutely. Oh, and by the way, we're going to use all the things that we learned against insurgents and terrorists, and we're going to use that technology and the intelligence apparatus against you, and, and you will become the enemy. That's one of the saddest things. when You know when they released the, um, the report about how much of our equipment was lost in Afghanistan, or left in Afghanistan? You know the first thing I thought? And, and I, it, it makes me feel so bad as a human because I care about humanity. I care about human life. The first thing I thought was good because they didn't bring it back here and further militarize our people. That's true. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Like, yeah. that, that was legitimately the first mm-hmm. thing that I thought about because when they brought the troops home from Iraq, they brought the hardware. They brought the machinery. Yep. Now you have police departments that have tanks. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we don't understand it, like, you feel bad, I swear, you feel bad for even thinking it. But as an American citizen, I am glad they didn't bring eight, $80 billion worth of military equipment back to government. Because mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have went to the civilian population. It wouldn't have went to help us protect ourselves and defend it. It would have went to government having even more power over us. So I'm like, I'm sitting here like, okay, so the dudes in Sandals beat you. Yeah, we're going to let them keep that equipment because we don't we don't need you to have it because anything, the, the lessons you didn't learn or the solutions you didn't solve, you're going to come back and you're going to try to do that shit with us. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. believe. Keep that hallway over there. I cannot believe, like, we're strictly, like, in the two-way circle, the gun industry circle, and I'm watching, like, all this, you know, this posts about that exact thing. Like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times that, that shot of what we left behind and you know like the most common listen do you know who this is yes come on now she's awesome um like the most common comment or the most common like like what people were actually talking about was like oh that's our tax dollars which i feel like i understand like yes we could have put that towards but that's in the past already that's been spent yep yep um and then this hey, almost and even funnier you championed it. like all of the people that yeah. are like you spent our tax dollars yo you did that hey and in order to get that you match democrats dollar for dollar yeah. So, like, this whole, like, it, it, it is a futile, disingenuous argument. Absolutely. Because you didn't give a damn about that money. 
When that money needed to be allocated, you were like, okay, it needs to be allocated so bad, I'm going to match Democrats dollar for dollar in the allocation of those funds. And now you want to turn around and talk to me about a taxpayer? <laughs> the second thing I hear is like, as if like coming from the gun circle, um, you know, it's a freedom thing. It's like, oh, you're taking away our guns, but you're giving them guns. It's like, they're not going to come around and bring those guns back to you. That's not going to go to you. So yeah, exactly. come on now. Exactly. At all. And the kind of guns that they left in Afghanistan are the guns that they want to ban here. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's unrealistic to, um, to think that our government is going to be looking at our best favor in, it, in this aspect. But you also have to think about how scared government is. Because, again, they got beat by dudes in sandals. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, when they throw the, um, you remember when Biden said to us, if you wanted to beat the U.S. military, you need to, yeah. yeah. No, they needed sandals yeah. and, and patience. Will, and, and, and the will, will that's, and yeah. That's it. That's all they needed. And their sandals walked them right back into their country. So. Well, that's exactly why they are so against guns in America because of that fear. Mm -hmm. Like if they use the argument of, oh, for safety, for the children, you know, and they brainwash these kids to be terrified and, and do March for Our Lives when really they're, they, they use that, like the media use that tragedy to scare you into promoting their message. Um, they're using fear because they're afraid of us. Yeah, yep. I, I, and, and as they should be, especially when you look at the largest, nor, uh, the largest growing number of gun owners in America is black Americans. Yep. So you're getting this whole entire reinvigoration of us understanding the power we had that is presented to us throughout the Constitution. If you had actual constitutionalists that believed in that and actually linked those two things together, again, you start to add to your numbers. But like, it's not what they want. You know what I'm saying? It's not the caliber of conversation that they want. And until we decide that we want it and we are not going to let them decide what we talk about, it's going to remain the same. So as long as we have more platforms, like I, I can tell you guys talk about things that are normally not out of the, um, um, not in the normal sphere because you're talking to me. The conversation we've had today has been wonderful. The Thank more you. of these that we have, um, I think you're going to start to see more people realize, okay, it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be vitriolic. It doesn't have to be the two extremes. You don't have to agree on everything. We can have, you know, slight nuances in how we look at it, how we define, how we relate. And all of that is okay because in the end, what we're looking for is America that allows us to have our individuality to still operate in a republic, which is limited government, and still have our God-given rights protected by that document of the Constitution. We can keep those things intact, then capitalism continues to, um, to operate. Uh, the trust we have between ourselves continues to operate because we realize that if um, I don't fight for your freedom, then when mine is under question or under capture, then it's going to be easy for them to take mine away. So once again, we continue to, um, to, to define for Republicans what they should have defined in their own platform. And, and, we, and we're seeing more and more that they don't believe it, they don't legitimately walk in it, and 
we have to call them out on that. Like, you can't just be like, the Democrats are bad. All of us know what the Democrats are. Like, we're not going to have an argument or a fight or some kind of big debate over what the Democrats are. You know, we all know. But the question is, you know you're about to fight a Democrat, and you're getting ready to send your fighter in. Is your fighter prepared? Can your fighter do this? So if your fighter is going to go in and your fighter is going to play the race card, your fighter is probably not prepared. Mm -hmm. If they're going to play sexism, your fighter is not prepared. Like, you have to actually hold your guy accountable because if Democrats are that bad, then you should not be losing to them every single time the question brings itself up and you lose to them. So at some point, if they're that bad, what are you? <laughs> like, what are you if they are that bad mm -hmm. and you still lose by 90%? You know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, it, it is that actual conservative um, uh, notion of self yeah. and understanding that maybe you are doing something wrong and not just blaming everything on somebody else. Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great conclusion right there. I think so. Sunny, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter. That's my only social networking. So if you say you're talking to me on Instagram or something, it's not me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sunny Johnson, S-O-N-N-I-E, and every single Saturday on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. for Sunny's Corner. Awesome. This has been an incredible experience for us. <laughs> thank, thank you guys so for much. having me. Yes, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking your time and being no here today, Sunny. At all.